The following podcast is brought to you by the Tumbling Saber Powerful Friends community. Become a Powerful Friend today and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, ad-free podcasts, monthly giveaways, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The Tumbling Saber team is proud to present Worthy of Recognition, a look at the names and faces that make Star Wars an unforgettable experience and an integral part of our lives. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's time for Worthy of Recognition for another month, November 2019. My goodness, time is flying by. And with me this month is none other than the host of the Generation X-Wing podcast, one of my favorites. It's Mr. Rob Williams in Vancouver, BC. Rob, how you doing, man? Hello there. How are you? Hello, everybody out in Tumbling Saberland. I trust you're doing well. I am doing very well. I'm just, and we, Alex, we'll talk about why I'm doing so well suddenly. This is great. <laughs> this, is, um, this is fantastic. It has to do with our, with our discussion today and the timing of it all. So I am doing fantastic. <laughs> Rob has actually won the Powerball, everybody. $382 million. See you later, suckers. <laughs> what would you do with $382 million? Um, well, we'll start with, uh, I would like to have a place to live. That would be nice. Um, and a car to drive. I have one right now, but it is cracked and broken, and it needs a new one. Uh, I would like to I get my kid ready for university. It's all paid for. Um, I... I would assume that my ex-wife will be trying to grab some out of that. Uh, <laughs> but even if, but, like, with that much cash, it'd be like, here, take, here's a, just, out of good faith, here's here's a couple million bucks. Like, just leave me alone. <laughs> see, yeah, it's, it's dangerous because I want to keep it, um, I've always had a plan that if I uh, win the lottery, and I'll try and keep this short, but if I win the lottery, I would not say it right away. I would try to grow my hair long, grow my beard out, look like a schlub, like really look like a schlub. So like, like you don't even recognize me. So because, so when, you know, the lotto company has to take that picture because they have to take that picture, they won't recognize me. I'll have some stupid glasses on. I'll just look like a schlub and then I could then get the money, clean cut. Nobody recognizes me. And I'd have to quietly start giving family and friends money. And uh, because <laughs> there's such a defeat just... in your voice when you said that. <laughs> no, the defeat was not to give them money. The defeat was not to let anybody know I'm giving them money because all of a sudden you get all the crazies out of the woodwork. Oh, and I don't... yeah, we were. Remember, we went to grade in grade five together and we were such pals. And hey, do you think? Uh... Oh, boy. Oh, I can deal with those guys. I can totally deal with those guys. It's the ones that um, try to swindle or threaten. And uh, it's it's a whole new world when people have money. And so it's, I, I don't know, I, I wouldn't want that much money, to be honest with you. But then again, I would because I can help so many people with that. Like the stuff I do for charity, I could start helping with the 501st. I could start doing some, I can buy that Reese costume finally. Uh, it's just like I can start doing all this stuff and helping so many people and have a job trying to spend my money. I think it would be I could be entrepreneur and a goodwill ambassador. I, that's something I would want to do. And unfortunately, I think I would quit my teaching job um, because I would like to focus on those other things. So yeah, that's I what mean, I'd say. The way I always looked at that, and we go, yeah, I'd probably quit my job. And most people go like, hell yeah, I'd quit my job. But the way I look at it is, I'd be like, yeah, and I would if I had if I won a few million, for sure I'd walk away. But I would do so not because I can, but because somebody behind me who needs a job can have one. That's a good thought. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's very cool. I would say it doesn't apply to me because our district is so low on substitute teachers. We call them TOCs. Like I, I, we have people that are sick and there's nobody to replace them. And it's just like, well, you can't be sick today. Uh, there's nobody to replace you. And people are hacking away in the class. It's just, we're so short of teachers. There's nobody wants my job right now because there's nobody to take my job. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, but that's, that's politics and that's not what the point of the show is. So boo politics. New politics. <laughs> so you've been keeping busy. To... You've been keeping busy over at Gen X Wing, firing up oh the my podcast, God, yeah. uh, talking to people, getting the boys together. It's yeah, it's, it's been busy with the podcast, been busy busy with the videos, uh, busy selling those coins. Um, 
I'm nearly sold out now since the last time I talked to you. Since the last time I talked to Tumbling Saber, I think I sold four more. And uh, and it's just, it's I'm nearly done. I've nearly saved all this money f- uh, for charity for the BC Children's Hospital Foundation. And then school's coming and Christmas is coming. Report cards are coming. And it's just like boom, 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 boom. I can't, it just won't stop. And so... Uh, as we'll get into today, this little surprise that relates to our discussion today has just made me just like perk up. I'm just like, I'm not the same person you just called about 10 minutes ago. And I'm like <laughs> really happy about this. So, well, let's uh, on that note, let's let's uh, let's push towards that goal. Um, I like to start every episode of this podcast just to getting a brief synopsis of your Star Wars origin story. I can probably guess where it goes with you. OT generation guy. But let's hear let's let's hear how you first got into Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars, I, I wasn't born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. But uh, Star Wars was pretty much. I was born in '72. Uh, Star Wars came out in '77. Five years old. Ripe. I was ripe for that. Is um, it's just. I don't remember a world without Star Wars. It just didn't happen. And so when the movies are coming out and everything in the world is Star Wars related from the Donnie Marie shows that my parents would watch to the Muppet shows that I would watch, it's Star Wars was everywhere. And it's it just became what it was. Now, I don't have memories of seeing the movie. I don't have memories of seeing even Empire Strikes Back. But I my fondest memories are seeing the Jedi and, uh, and just going in Victoria to watch Return of the Jedi, having all the action figures, having all this having all this wonderful these toys the books the the music even the star wars disco by meko is it meko or meko 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 it's meko yes and uh by the way uh sidebar you guys are going to have to get used to me mispronouncing every name in the book but um just having all this star wars lore just falling at my little seven eight nine-year-old feet it was just i was ripe for the picking I, they, they, they got me from just out of the womb and it was perfect. So it was like diving into a, a, like a, like a little minnow in a pond and you just look and there's just fish hooks everywhere. Glittery little fishing lures all over the place. But they're, they're on the other end of those hooks are little action figures or little toys. There's little books and stickers and oh, it's just everywhere. And I'm biting everything I can. So (laughs) biting all those hooks. Oh yeah. Totally. Swallowing the whole thing. Yeah. It was my childhood, and um, it was lots of fun. And it's funny because and we've done an episode on this in the past, um, but after high school and after 19 – well, in high school, after 1983, there was nothing. There was just – it was done. It was over. Move on. Just let's, just do something else. Hockey cards, uh, whatever kids are interested in, video games – it, you know, it's just, it was, it was done and you never thought it would come back. Yeah. There's books here and there, but I, I wasn't a reader and that was it. And then 99 comes back and well, actually, I think it was like 97, the power of the force line came out, right? 97, 98. Um, the re Something. those reissues with the, like the overly muscular, uh, Luke. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was 95, I think. I find, oh yes, it was because I was working at the Disney store around that time, and that and me and Anil had met each other at the Disney store. Anil's Sharma, my co-host, and we met at the Disney store, and then the fa- figures started coming out. That's right, I remember that now. And we would go to toy, the, we would go to the Toys R Us that was on the other end of the mall, and we'd just like you've seen this, and they're coming out early in the states, and so we we go we do the states and go to Bellis Fair in Washington, and just go get the action figures like two three months before they came out in Canada. And then we'd just make, and we'd get by the toy fair magazine, which is where robot chicken pretty much got its birth. And it was, I still have the first issue of toy fair magazine and we just read the latest action figures coming out. And I'm praying for these certain figures. Uh, what about Squidhead? What about Reese? What about, you know, all these guys. Right. <laughs> and, and you start like it brought it back. And then all of a sudden Phantom Menace and then, and we're just lining up and we're, and it just starts going and going from there. And, uh, it, it's just and it just became more of what I enjoyed. It wasn't who I was, but it's what I enjoyed. So beautiful, man. Absolutely beautiful. It's it's strange how that it's I don't even know if it's strange anymore. Just when you've heard enough stories from people about and they all kind of have similarities, but it, this this whole saga and everything around it, everything that surrounds it, the the collectibles, uh, the the licensing, everything just 
was so charming and so addictive and just so ever present. Like it, you obviously it was a, a marketing machine and a business. Yeah. But it still felt like it was uh, engaging, uh, authentically engaging. It never felt like you were, be at least me as a kid, it never felt like you were being hustled. Now I never felt that. Now it's a different story, a little maybe. Bit, a little bit. I did feel that a little bit after the end of the Power of the Force line. I, I did feel a little bit of that when Star Wars kept coming out in a new format with new scenes and a new format and another new scene. And then there's this the same Luke Skywalker, but this one had a hat. Uh, there's a Simpsons joke in there somewhere, but it has a new hat. And it's just, <laughs> it, I started feeling a little bit like I was being shaken down a bit. And that's when I actually stopped. And I have an action figure of, of Luke Skywalker, Tatooine Luke, but with a hat. And that was the last action figure I did not buy. It was, I said, that's it, I'm done. You can't keep trying to take my money and give me the same stuff, but just have a new hat. It's too Malibu Stacy. So <laughs> I, I stopped collecting. And years later, Anil bought me that action figure because he knew how much this ticked me off. And he bought me that action figure years later before we just before we started the podcast. And he gave it to me it's sitting up in my classroom right now. Uh, the power of the force, Luke with hat. And it's it's a good memory of a time where I was I really enjoyed Star Wars. Then Star Wars is not it doesn't take my life over. I mean, this is it's I could say that, but I mean, it, I may be lying. To, it may seem like I'm lying because I'm part of a 501st. I have I do a Star Wars ish podcast. I've got a couple things here and there in the room and stuff, but it doesn't control my life. It does. I, I can I can put it away. I can I, I don't watch the movies as much as like the last time I watched Star Wars, the actual Star Wars is probably years ago. But, you know, it's just like. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the, the feeling of it. And my son doesn't like it. doesn't bother me a bit. He, he likes his own stuff. And I, I, it, it's, it's made me who I am, but it doesn't control what I do. And I, I think I have a nice, healthy relationship with Star Wars right now. So well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get some tips from you after about how to uh, get, get that all under control. <laughs> uh, oh, it's easy. Poverty. Yeah, that's that, how you um, get in yeah, control. Sure. <laughs> Having no money. <laughs> Uh, here's, here's, here's ways to do that. Uh, divorce, uh, children, uh, job that doesn't pay as much as you want it to. Yeah. Car. I, yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> I, I, I suppose that would do it. Dog. Put it, throw that in there somewhere. <laughs> All right. So hmm. let's, let's take a move look. Move to Vancouver. Also move oh, to Vancouver. Yeah. Won't live anywhere. No, so just, I'm going to, I'm like not going to do that. I have a van down that, by the river. I, I do yeah. have a pal that lives in Vancouver and wow, he loves it. Yeah. To death, he's he's a native Montrealer, and he re, he moved to Vancouver about four years ago, uh -huh. uh, to be with his girlfriend and now wife. Yeah, just yeah, no. It's... The cost of living is just no. Nope. It's crazy, crazy. I don't. I, I can't wrap my head around it. Yay politics! Yeah, hooray! <laughs> On to funner things. Let's get into yes. your Mount Rushmore of Star Wars. Your four names who have shaped your Star Wars experience. Uh, let's start from the bottom, number four. Not that these are any less relevant than the other, but we got to start somewhere. So let's hit us with your with your name. I'm going to start with the obvious, actually. So anybody who's listened to my T to I was going to say TV show. Anybody who's listened to my YouTube show or uh, podcast knows this is my favorite character of all time. I thought I'd just get it out of the way. Regis. There he is. Um, Regis the alien is a big deal for me, and um, I'm not going to bore too many uh, bore anybody too much about. Uh, uh, too many details, but I, in 1985, I dressed up like uh, Reeves. I made the mask in 84, in 83 or 84 in grade, yeah, made in grade five. This was 85. Yeah, 84. Hey, so anyways, um, so I made the mask in grade five. It was a paper mache. Didn't look too much like him. Had the long snoot, three eyes, big fat elephant ears, and it was all pink and purpley skin. Not like the pink it is now. It was more purpley. But it was just, it was Reeves. There's no other alien with three eyes and a big goat mouth and everything. I don't know what it was about this character. I just like the way he would waddle around and flap his arms and, and mug C-3PO. I just loved characters and aliens from Star Wars. They were just wonderful things to look at. From Squidhead to, to Walrus Man to, it's just, they're, they're everywhere. And 
so when you have a cantina or a Jabba's palace, you get to look at all these different aliens that are just so unique and so weird. And for some reason, Rees caught my eye. I think is I think I have this fascination with creatures with different eyes, like Cyclops. I loved, and Rees had three eyes. Tri uh, my favorite character in He-Man is Triclops. Triclops. Yeah, yeah. For I I had a fascination with characters that had weird eyes, and. Um, so Rees was one of those characters that was in a world that I loved with its character that I loved. And I always was a fascination with characters that were not well known. Everybody knew Luke was Han, Leia. They were all well-known characters, Jabba, well-known, but nobody knew who Rees. So for me, it felt like I know this character that nobody else likes. And he's going to be now my favorite character because nobody else knows I'm going to be the first. And this is my grade five mind working. Yeah, it's like when, it's like when you uh, when you latch onto the indie band that nobody knows. Yeah, you're, yeah you're exactly. Like, you're the first guy to wear the T-shirt. Have you heard of the Midnight? They're like this retro wave band that nobody's heard of. And they've got like <laughs> only like 15 followers on Instagram. And now it's like 1,500, 15,000. But anyways, oh, it's that like... A, that was you, a real story? Uh, the Midnight is a real band that oh, I went shit. to their concert. We did a podcast on it actually uh, with uh, with Dale Williams about uh, five weeks ago. But um, it's anyway, so I like those type of characters. So Reese became my my spirit animal, I guess. And then over time, I at grade six, I made a costume, gumboots, uh, sweat, uh, sweater, which kind of looked purpley, all that sort of stuff. It's what I thought Reese looked like. You didn't have video back then. So you based it on the action figure or what you remember. And I had I had a little bit of both. I had the action figure. I didn't remember too much. And nobody knew who I was, but I enjoyed it. And so I kept the mask for a while. And then over time, Reese just became a character that I enjoyed. And then. Over time, I started collecting like all the. I got every action figure has been produced by Reese. Uh, uh, every Reese action figure has been produced except for one, and it's the. Uh, I think it's called uh, the Funimation or animation from Disney or something like that. I, I can't remember what it's called. It's 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 a small, tiny, like two inch Mickey Mouse eared Reese character from Star Tours. Uh, I I could probably get it really easy, but I don't feel like spending the money that the people are asking for in Canada. But I just like. I like collecting stuff. And one of the new things I got just like last week was a Reese challenge coin. Some get, there's a Reese challenge coin out there. And I was just like, <laughs> I need that. And I showed him a picture of my shrine. I'm like, I need that. Give me that to me now. Here, I'll trade any coin you want. And he was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And just yesterday he told me this guy who I don't know on the 501st um, ch uh, challenge coin site. He's like, did you know that uh, there's a Reese costume for sale? And all my friends of the 501st told me there's a Reese costume for sale. They've been bugging me about this. Someone finally made a costume. And I know there's a whole there's this place that sells the mask and gloves, which I haven't bought because it's too expensive. I have no place to put it, and it will deteriorate over time. So it in the long run, what am I going to do with this melted piece of rubber over time or latex? But this is costume for sale. It's for $1,600 American, and I'm like – Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, my kid does need testing, and I do have Christmas, and I need a computer, and we like to eat, but this is Reese. It's Reese, man. That's my thing. It's, it's a costume, and everybody like on my group sent it the link. Reese, Reese, Reese. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Do it. And you have the emperor's little gif all over. Like, do it, do it. And so I didn't buy it, unfortunately. Uh, but um, it's... It's every time I can see a Rees character or something like that, I want to get it. I want to get something new and uh, with his face on it or with his mug. And um, it's just a character that I just kind of latched on to because I always felt like I was the first. Yeah. I was it was a character that I connected to. And then over time, it just became expected of me to like this character in my mind anyways. And now it's just he he's synonymous synonymous with me. And so that's something I really enjoy. He he represents all the weird aliens that I enjoy in Star Wars. And when I get to see a grand in the newer movies, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm hoping to, I like to see Mahonic in there or Ask Ak in there or something like that. It's always nice to see little grand in Dark Forces in the video game. It's just like, I'm happy. This is, when I see that, I know, I feel like I'm being listened to. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's a little bit of love and reverence for, for that older material. Mm -hmm. Isn't, isn't exactly. Rees a characterized as like a belligerent drunk? In the, the Rees in the book, uh, Tales from uh, Jabba's Palace, uh, was a drunk, a murderer yeah. and 
sad sack and also had this weird disease with his hands his hands look like <laughs> hockey gloves which i didn't they 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 uh what do you call um not retroactive but um uh what do you call that term where they they make canon from the past or something like that? um retcon retcon thank you i can't believe i forgot the word retcon um they retconned later because when you see mahonic and all these these the Malisterian senators in uh, Phantom Menace, they have these normalish hands with long fingers or long nails. But I'm like, well, my Reese had like hockey gloves. What's yeah, going got on? These big sausage fingers. Yeah. And so they, they, they said that he had a certain sort of syndrome that's, that's synonymous with certain grands of, and it makes them swell up in the hands. I'm like, Oh, well done, Lucas. That was beautiful. They gave him some kind of edema. Uh, yeah, some sort of skin condition that <laughs> spanned his hand. So, sure, why not? Why so, not? Yeah, he, yeah, but he was a drunk, he was belligerent, and he was supposed to kill uh, Jabba, if I remember. And uh, he was such a sad sack. He was such, he was so pathetic at, at doing that that <laughs> in the end, Leia beat him to it, and he gets stuck on a ship that blows up. So good for you, sir. That seems good fair. That's it's it's life. It's that life. that book though, Tales from Jabba's Palace, that early to mid '90s book is fantastic. The best. The best. And I always wish they had uh, made a book uh, called Tales from the Sandcrawler, where we see all these droids that have been picked up by Jawas, and what's their story? How they get there? Where they go after that? R five D four. Why you blow up? What, oh, what's that, wrong with your motivator? You that's know, been it. That's been explained now. Yes. It. Well, is it canon? How I got explained? Like he's like force sensitive or whatever they said i don't know it's i know that uh there's isn't there a different point of view in there isn't his story in there or something like I think that the whole book is sort of soft canon so to speak yeah which is, yeah it's canon but maybe details may differ did you guys have this discussion a couple weeks ago about the the canon of uh i don't know if it was you guys or it was um sand sand or nerd room but they're having a discussion about is it canon and it is canon, but however, the caveat is it's based on someone's perception of the canon. And I think it's like, it's a point of view. We can all say that something, the story of Louis Rial, it, for me as a kid, it was this way. And then the history books say it's this way. And it's just like, well, what's the real story? It's, it's, history is written by the winners. And so this being a canon story can totally be canon. But it's based on someone's point of view. But I think I, I, it was the Sandcrawler talking about that this this past yeah. week. So I always found that interesting. It, I I still have to read it. It's it's on my uh, Audible right now. I had a whole bunch of stuff ready to purchase on Audible. I bought a whole bunch of Star Wars books, and that was the first one I got. And um, I'm looking forward to giving it a read because it's those short stories, like you saw in Tales of Jabba's Palace, like you saw in uh, the Cantina. I love the short stories. You got to know the minutia of this little character here, that fuzzy little character there, Cabby, Muftak, all that sort of stuff. So the first two stories in that book mm -hmm. are worth it alone. Oh, perfect. Oh man. They're good. I'm looking forward to it. I, I really want to sit, uh, not sit down, but I, I, I listen to podcasts and, and audiobooks when I hike or work, uh, not work out so much, but usually when I hike or drive and I would like to give this a little bit of a listen to. So for sure. Do that. Yeah. All right. So but that's my first. That's my first choice. Yeah, Reese. Let's let's hit the next name. <laughs> um, <coughs> this is gonna be a short one. Rusty Miller. <laughs> oh, Rusty. You you're not the first to do Rusty Miller. <laughs> I'm not the first. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good thing. I'm glad his his uh, voice is being heard. Uh, so, in case you don't know, Rusty Miller. I don't know a lot about Rusty Miller. Uh, Rusty Miller is this kid. Who wrote? That's ah, the book. I see it right now. I somewhere in my book. Mine's a blue cover, but uh, I'm assuming you being from Canada, you had Scholastic, yeah. and uh, Scholastic books had the. This is around 19. Was it 1980, 81? That um, this Jedi. The what's the name of the book again? <laughs> Since I have uh, it here, it's the Jedi Master's Quiz Book. 425 questions and answers from Star Wars and Empire. The Empire Strikes Back, compiled that, by Rusty Miller. There you go. I, I had it written down right next to my right next to my hand, but I didn't bother looking to the right. But yeah, this so this book came out in eighty one, and it's it's just uh, probably sorry eighty two, and it was just I, I loved it. I it was around the time I you know you want to learn everything about everything about Star Wars. It's where I learned about Wedge. 
It's where I learned about um, the droid TK421, all these sort of things. It's it's what I it it gave me my my street cred as a nerd, and and to know that this kid named Rusty Miller, this redheaded kid who looks like some of my friends in school, wrote a book about this. This kid was a genius. I'm like, dude, I want to do this, and I still do trivia contests. It it kind of, I think it's that sort of um, started my love of trivia. Because I run the GXW Versus on, on our show every once in a while. You've been on the show. Yeah. I, I even did a GXW Versus with Reeves on it, for crying out loud. <laughs> and uh, with, the, with the boys and girls from <coughs> – sorry. <coughs> That's not an intentional cough. From the boys and girls of the Sky uh, Skyhoppers, they were on it. And it's just – I love trivia. I love doing trivia. I love hosting trivia, creating trivia. I do it with my kids. There's this great thing, uh, app called Kahoot that I can do trivia with my students. And it's just, it sparked my love of Star Wars uh, nerdism and sparked my love of trivia. And to know if some kid who did this, it that was just, it looked kind of, not didn't look like me, but he, he was just a kid like me. I thought that was really cool. And so I'm thinking, well, how can I do something like this? Uh, I, want, I want to be able to make a book or do a picture, do something that that people will, will will understand or recognize or pay attention to. So, I mean, this is a short one, but Rusty Miller had a huge influence that uh, it just sparked my love of trivia and really sparked my love of nerdism. And uh, like I said, my my street cred for nerdism was just born out of this book. For sure. So. This is a yeah. I mean, Rusty Miller from the back cover of the book. Rusty Miller was an enterprising eleven-year-old oh, yeah. <laughs> student in Florida. When he compiled the Jedi Master's Quiz Book, this is his first published work. I want to see. Okay, so there's this new show. Oh, not new show, but uh, there's a show called The Toys That Made Us. I love the show. We even had Adrian. Uh, we had even had uh, Volk Weiss on our Brian Volk Weiss on our show to talk about the Toys That Made Us. And uh, by the way, do you notice how I'm always dropping my show here? Isn't that lovely? <laughs> plug um, away, plug away. But we but we had him on our show, and it was great talking to him. And he and. It's it's I would love to see a sort of uh, little documentary kind of like that about Rusty Miller, the, the, the all the stuff behind it. And there's probably not a huge story behind it. So it'll probably take a half hour show. But I would still love to to hear something about this. I would still love to know the more of the details about how this book got started, how he got why Rusty Miller? What did he do to, to spark this interest? I want to learn more about it. And uh, I, I'm very curious about the story behind him. There was, a, I think, a, a search for Rusty Miller at one point. Like there was a search for uh, Bo Sheck or yeah. know, every time there's Star Wars fandom, don't know who like um, some certain characters are, wonder where they are by now. Will Row Hood. Where's Will Row Hood now? They, there seems to be a search for it. And uh, Rusty Miller was one of the focuses. And they found him. And there's this cute little picture of him in a tree uh, next to a tree with his cat or his dog in his hands. And it's just I, I, I love this little, these little things that Star Wars fans get into. Yeah, it's, yeah, he owns a little piece of Star Wars history. But, yeah, someone tells you they know Rusty Miller. You know that they, they go deep with Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I always thought this kid must be the smartest kid in the world to know how many engines on a whatever ship and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy, though. Like, when you think about it, at any age, publishing a book at 11 years old is nuts. But doing it in 1980 or 81 or whenever this came out. Yeah. That's crazy. Like that's, it is. I, I want to do a, a trivia book about these two movies. Like, to me, that, that if I... I'd have to think Rusty Miller. And I, I don't know where he where he's at today, but... I I have to imagine he's made something of himself just with this type of initiative and that kind of drive. In comparison, I just happened to have sitting next to me, a friend of mine gave this book to me. It's called Obsessed with Star Wars. Test your knowledge of a galaxy far, far away. 2,500 questions. And it's got a computer here to so you can hit the A, B, C, or D. And there's like so many questions. You know, I, I even picked one up. There's stuff that says, what sinister order did Emperor Palpatine give Commander Cody? Order 29, order 62, order 66, or order 11. And some of that's easy. But then there's like, uh, there's hard ones like, what was the name of the ship that left at at, uh, at minute 317 of the first? <laughs> now, 
How many eyeballs does a uh, probe droid have? I'm like, I don't know. I can tell you what sound it makes, but I don't know like how many eyeballs it has. Or is there some pe- there's some levels of nerdism that I'm just like, you know, you can keep your cred. I, I don't want to know that much about it. Yeah, some some of the trivia, like the schmodown stuff, that type of trivia is Schmodown? just schmodown. What's a schmodown? Uh, I think yeah, the the, the guys at Collider put together this annual, I, or I don't know how often it runs. I really don't, but. <laughs> it's it's serious. Like Alex at Star Wars, Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained, <laughs> is like the current champ. And oh, actually, okay. Yeah, it's 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 real deep cut trivia into Star Wars, and it's like, how do you people know this? <laughs> and it, but it, the, the answer is, well, a you have good memory, and b yeah. they study. The people who go on this, they study. They watch episodes of Clone Wars, and they will make a note of, oh, that sh- that Star Destroyer in that episode is called this because you might get asked this completely crazy question well who uh didn't somebody on your show have us just recently have a star wars trivia contest they yeah, came like marie was uh oh, it was marie yeah i think she was third at dragon con this past year yeah she tied with um someone else some big wig uh know-it-all well, she, that she, yeah she was up there with alex damon at one point yeah yeah no, i remember i remember listening to you guys talk about that and it's just like I, I, as a kid, I, I, you know, I would try to impress my friends with my knowledge. I mean, I could name every alien. And at one point, I could figure out their species. I was so impressed. Like, um, I remember one day, Anil bought this whole bag of classic action figures. He just bought this whole bag. And he, he opened the bag. Or it was in the, those cases, right? Those typical Star Wars cases that you can keep them in there. And But he, the guns were separate. And so he's trying to figure out which guns went with which. And I was pegging it off. Oh, that's a, that's a, that goes with that Stormtrooper. That goes with that guy. That goes with that. That's Bib Fortuna's staff. And I knew every one of them. And it was weird what I remember as a, as a four, at the time. It was like it was 42 three, 44 years old. I'm like, why do I know all this stuff? <laughs> like it, Christ, it I can't lo- remember my mom's birthday. I can't, I'm forgetting my mom's birthday. I, I'm forgetting like to, f- to feed the dog. But Christ, I can tell you that, that Reese had this one gun that was gold, like, and looked like a wishbone at one end. It was just like, why do I keep retaining this stuff? I don't know how to do taxes, but I can do this. Someone's got to be able to do it, Rob. Yeah. It's, it's like when you, you know, call H and R block. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be able to like recite a baseball player's stats from his baseball cards for like five run- years running. It's like, oh yeah, baseball fans are like the rain men of of knowledge. I don't know how you get how those guys do it. It's just there's stats for everything. I don't want is like left-handed pitchers going against left-handed batters who ate ate a hot dog at on that morning or God. Play, play, yeah, playing at this stadium when the breeze blows from the northwest, and uh, it's yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, but, Rusty Miller, for that tangent. It's your, th- it's your fault, Rusty. <laughs> it all well, seriously, Rusty, Rusty, if you're out there, give us give us a call. I'd love to chat with you. I know you're listening. All right, so let let's move on to name number three. Uh, this is a. I didn't know how obvious this was because you said to take Lucas off the table. And so I took him off the table. I put him on the side, put a nice little chair there. You sit down. I even took Williams. I took a lot of the major people off the table. John Williams, Ben Burt, all those guys. The, I, they, McQuarrie was, I was humming and hawing about putting McQuarrie on because I wasn't too sure if, if that was too obvious because McQuarrie had such impact on everything. Doug Chang. These are, these are major people, but, I want to talk about this. Uh, I want to talk about Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is on my list because he is the new gatekeeper of Star Wars. This guy, after seeing The Mandalorian, after seeing Rebels, Clone Wars, he is like jo- George Lucas reincarnated. He, in fact, I think he even – I could be like a smartass and say he, George Lucas, is better than George Lucas does. I think he he understands the audience – in a special way he understands the fans in a special way and reads the fans really well. And I really enjoy Dave Filoni's venture into star Wars since, um, clone wars. And it took a lot for him to convince me when I first saw clone wars, I was like, this is stupid. The movie, I go, the original movie when yeah. it came out in the theaters, I thought it was the dumbest thing. And I was at that point where it's just like Star Wars sucks. And I was in my 30s, I think, at the time. I was like, why is this girl being so snippy? Yeah, and I used the word purposely. 
with Anakin, you don't talk to a a paddle. You don't talk to your master like this. Padawan doesn't talk to a master like this. Why is she dressed so skimpily? What is going on here? Why is the art, although it is beautiful, it's weird looking. And it's just like this doll. Why is there a baby hut? I don't understand any of this. (laughs) And I got turned off. Yeah. I got so turned off originally. And and it was just in that the point where I thought, no, oh, they're they're ruining Star Wars. And I was at that age. This is a maturity thing. When we hear when you guys talk about fans who 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 crap all over Star Wars, it's a maturity thing. It really is. And so time goes by, Clone Wars is on. I choose to ignore it. It's not my thing. I'm not gonna watch it. I don't crap all over it, but when friends come, hey, have you seen this? Like, no, I'm not it it's it seems stupid to me. And then eventually my co-host Bulent at the time, Bulent Hassan, and then Anil's like, no, seriously, you should watch it. This, we know you, we know you'll like this. And so I eventually watched it and I was like, wow, this is good. I actually do enjoy this. It took, the first season took me a little getting used to. I was still getting a little bit snippy about the snippy. But eventually <laughs> Ahsoka became a character that I really started to enjoy. I really had respect for it, 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 She grew and matured. And the story grew and matured, and I, I was accepting of it instead of nitpicking about what I thought Star Wars was. I let Dave Filoni tell me what Star Wars was because he talked to Lucas. Him and Lucas would work together, and they had the same vision. It was now of Lucas's hands, uh, more and more out of Lucas's hands, and more into Dave Filoni's hands, and. And he just took it to a place where I was really starting to enjoy. He opened up the world more. He kept the traditional aliens here and there, but introduced new aliens. He kept like traditional stories still in there, but introduced new stories, opened my mind to like this world that I assumed I knew. And now he's doing it with the Mandalorian. He did it with rebels. It's just like, and listening to him talk, I love his tree of trust. Is just like he knows how important it is to keep your mouth shut and how he understands the importance of the surprise, the importance of power. When you hear him talk of to um, who played uh, Ahsoka again, the, the actress Ashley who played Ahsoka, Ashley Eckstein. Uh, it was a few years back when she's he's explained to Ashley about his theory about the Ahsoka order order us uh, the Ahsoka Legion and they're uh, uh, they're wearing all those orange masks and how he had he had written all drew all this out in his mind and she had he had actually in tears and was just like that's a storyteller this guy is a storyteller he knows what to do and so he's doing that now with the Mandalorian so far it's it's brilliant uh, of this recording episode two uh chapter two's out and I'm just loving what he's doing. And so I really think that um, I kind of was hope I kind of wished he would have done the uh, the the sequel trilogy. Although I'm not saying the sequel trilogy is bad. I just like I want him to do a movie. I want him to tell the story. I want him to be in control of this now. And I really respect what he's done for this uh, for this franchise. I'm I'm right there with you. Uh... I, I love Dave Filoni. I've loved him from the start. Ever, I, I like how cheeky he is and how yeah. he, he, it's maddening sometimes, but the way he jerks fandom's chain. Yeah. And he's just so flippant about it sometimes. And he's just, he's just like, ah, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> we deserve you it too. He's doing it for our own good. He for knows. Sure. And he knows that I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything about the Mandalorian, but he knows that this, the little surprises in the Mandalorian is going to blow your socks off. For he sure. knows that by putting this little character here or by putting that little thing there, he knows that all the fanboys and girls are going to just kind of, you know, get a little excited and yet still build up the world. I yeah. love it. I, I absolutely love what he does. Well, and so. you're right to say that he was, he's pretty much uh, the heir apparent to George Lucas. He trained yeah. with George for years. He was right there at his side talking with George, picking his mind, not just, not just getting like, you got an hour to talk to George. It's, it's, it's a, it was a day in day out job to learn from George Lucas, which is crazy. Yeah. And at a certain point, I don't know if it was ever put to him, but it must've dawned on him at a certain point that now he is the keeper of yeah. or, or I, the, like the heir apparent to George's crazy star Wars brain. And there was a recent article, I think it was in it's one of the big trades. It was the Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, Variety, one of those things. And it, it just, it, there was a quote from Kathleen Kennedy that said, 
There's not a thing we do storytelling wise that we don't run through Dave Filoni now. Yeah. And it's like, of course, of course not. Like, yeah, you've got to, you have to talk to this guy every time. If you can't, if you can't get George on the line to kind of vet your work, <laughs> then he's the next guy you want to talk to. This is the guy that is going to give it this, st- say, yes, this is Star Wars. This makes sense for this universe. And for sure, like when you, you talk about him getting a live action movie, that is, that is, that is 100% going to happen at some point. I hope so. I don't. I don't care if he like directs it or whatever. As long as he's in charge of it, I don't even know how that. If it's producer, director, whatever. But storyteller, grand poobah. But he is the guy who just knows everything, and I think he can totally make a fantastic series. Whether it's before Star, before the New Hope, before after New Hope, whatever, wherever you put it on the timeline, he'll make a fantastic story because he's sat down with Lucas and he knows he can pick his brain. And I, people who sit down, and this is the respect that I have for Lucas because if you've seen that recent, um, uh, there was a recent podcast that came out uh, that was talking to uh, Freddie Prince Jr. And Freddie Prince Jr. goes on a rant and it's a wonderful rant. I love his rant. And he goes on and he talks about um, how Star Wars for kids, and he's ta- and he's he's like yelling at fanboys who get like upset about it. And he's like, "I sat down with George Lucas. I sat down with him. He told me about this. You can't say this because he told me about this." And he's explaining to the fans what this part of Star Wars means and what that part of Star Wars means. And it's just like George Lucas knows how to how to tell the story and Filoni knows how to retell that story. He knows how to take control of that story and pass it on to the rest of the masses. He knows how to handle the expensive and precious goods. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's Star Wars is, is in his veins now. It's part of his DNA. And he, uh, this is something I've been talking about on, on tumbling saber for a while. It's that with, with the Mandalorian, John Favreau has been elevated to this position of showrunner on the show but more and more, it's John Favreau gets introduced at an event or a screening or whatever, and Dave Filoni is introduced right next to him. And I, I always yeah. thought it was really symbolic and and almost like foreshadowing that it was always like a one-two punch with Filoni and Favreau. Right. And uh, and with, with Filoni, and th- to me, it was a big statement that they gave Dave Filoni the first episode of The Mandalorian to direct. You know, this is the, yeah. the Mandalorian was such a draw for this Disney Plus service, which Disney has pinned their future to. You know, exactly the, the streaming service it means so much to Disney as a corporation. Never mind, just for as a vehicle for Star Wars, but here he is, Dave Filoni, at leading this show, which is which was the big draw, the big original draw for the streaming service. There's no doubt in my mind that Dave Filoni is going to be a, an absolutely massive part of star wars going forward yeah the um the podcast i was talking about uh, so we give the mouse the respect they deserve is jeff dies friendship podcast uh, i think it's episode 59 with freddie prince jr so uh i know we'll actually be talking about in two weeks on an upcoming episode of the mandalorian uh chapter two but we do go on and about this talk with freddie prince jr it's a what he, he he rants and uh, he he swears and curses, but man, he, it's cathartic to us. He it was very cathartic to listen to, and it made sense, and we loved it. We absolutely loved what he had to say, and it's it's basically, it's it's for kids. This is for kids, and um, and that's what I kind of like about it. And so Dave Filoni knows this. Dave Filoni gets it, and so yeah, that's that's my third choice. What anyway. more can you say about this guy? Uh, that and he wears cowboy hats. I don't understand that part, but <laughs> whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> I love yeah. his style, though. He has a style, just like Jamie, uh, just like uh, Jamie Heineman has his beret, or you know, everybody has a certain thing that that signifies him. Him, it's a, it's a, it, it's not. A, I don't think it's technically a cowboy hat, but it's like a cowboy hat with with a wolf shirt on. So, is it a Stetson? Is that what you call it? Uh, I don't know what type of hat that is. I'm I'm not a cowboy. <laughs> I'm a I'm a city slicker. So maybe we should ask uh, the guys from the nerd room. They're in Calgary. There's <laughs> yeah, a lot they're, of cowboys they're, they're there, Calgary. isn't there? They play hockey in a cowboy hat, don't they? A saddle dome? Oh, it's a saddle. You're right. I, I'm a doofus. <laughs> what a doofus. The end. Of, the weekend is right around the corner, Rob. Hang in there. <laughs> it's so close. It's so close. <laughs> I can taste it. 
All right. <coughs> Good for Dave Filoni. He's he's going places. He's on your list. And uh, let's let's wind it up here. We got the last name on the list to go through. Okay, this is why I'm excited. Okay, so um, on my list is Albin Johnson. Now, I think a lot of people know who Albin Johnson already is, but to recap who Albin Johnson is, and I'm going to grab the straight, <clears throat> so I don't screw this up, I'm going to grab the straight from uh, StarWars.com. In 1997, Albin Johnson created the 501st Legion, an internet-based group of Star Wars costumers describing themselves as Darth Vader, sorry, Darth Vader's elite Imperial unit, Vader's fist. In 17 years, Albin helped grow the group to over 10,000 members worldwide in over 48 countries and so on and so forth. But I will stop there for a sec because Alvin Johnson, him and uh, and I don't want to ignore the fact that it wasn't just Alvin Johnson. Um, but uh, sorry, I'm trying to get the name right here so I don't screw it up. Alvin Johnson, Tom Cruise. But there were some other people that got involved as well. I think there's a Toronto connection. But um, Alvin Johnson himself is a big influence because he's such the he's the face for the 501st Legion. And I, I be I am a member of the 501st Legion. I host a show called The Outer Rim Rookie. It's a beginner's journey to joining the 501st, and uh, it's it's my journey to become a, a 501st member. I did not know who these guys were until I saw MythBusters. Uh, MythBusters again. There's a Jamie Heineman, Jamie Heineman, Adam Savage. They're doing this Star Wars myths. Can you swing across a chasm with this with the rope and still carry somebody? All this sort of stuff. And stormtroopers are walking in on the show there. And, and so Adam Savage talks about the 501st. These guys are in costume. They do charity work and they dress up like stormtroopers. I'm like, and I, I, I remember being aware of a bunch of people who dress up like stormtroopers, but I didn't know they had a name. I didn't know they had a place or, or, or a, like an icon. And so I find it's the 501st Legion. And then we go to the, the local convention here in Vancouver and um, there's a booth, and I meet some people who are now some of my future friends, right? And uh, and we did a podcast. This is way like an episode, like seven or eight of our podcasts. And we're like, these guys are kind of cool. We should look into this. We should we should talk to them. And we talked to Terry Terry Chu, uh, my co-host on the show, and at the time the commanding officer. And he's an extraordinary artist and prop designer. And he. We just talked to him, and I and I get the things going, and I start joining the 501st. And then Jamie, uh, Pale Rider, the one my old co-host of the show, he tells me about Alvin Johnson, and he tells me about this show. Uh, this this it's online now. You can still watch. It's called Star Warriors. It's about the history of a bit about the history of the 501st, the Rose Day, the Rose Bowl parade, and how all these stormtroopers got together from around the world to. To troop with uh, George Lucas, who's the um, what do you call that guy who's in charge of the parade, the Grand Master or the um, uh, Grand Poobah, I guess. I don't know. He's that's the, two he's Grand Poobahs today. Grand Poobah. It's a Fred Flintstone theme here, <laughs> um, but he's in charge of. He's he's the host of the parade, and it's just like. Jamie would say, I used to watch this video all the time. And we, he tells me about Alvin Johnson. And uh, check out more about it. It's like episode four of the Outer Rim Rookie audio podcast. But he told me about Alvin Johnson and what he does. And then I start looking into this guy a little bit more. And he's and he's doing all this stuff for charity and for his daughter, um, who he, he um, a lot of people will recognize RT, or sorry, R2KT. It's the pink astromech droid. It's like a pink R2D2. And it's based on his daughter who fought cancer, and it's it's a tragic story. And it's I'm like I'm getting verklempt just talking about it because when you talk, you know, being a dad and you're a dad, it's just when you talk about childhood cancer, and like my 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 teaching partner, whose son was born with cancer, and I didn't know that was flipping possible. And it's just like I had students. I have students that deal with cancer and illnesses and they're constantly like this shouldn't flip and happen i'm really controlling my language right now this shouldn't flip and happen to kids and so when i i see these guys a doing something so nerdy that i love b doing it for a cause and not just to be a flipping stormtrooper not just to be cool in the star wars world this is what i want to do and me and anil looked at each other and we're just like we can do this. 
we, we did a podcast with Terry came by, brought all the helmets, brought all this, these blasters. And we're like, we left and I, it was like life changing for me. It was like, I can friggin' do this. And so Alvin Johnson, going back to the reason I chose him, Alvin Johnson, he opened up this world for us to do something that benefits kids. And it's just so, it's so rewarding to go out in these troops, meet kids and, and visit. I went to the children's hospital one time and this one kid came out of the flipping hospital. He's sick as hell, but he came down because he knew stormtroopers were there and he had to be, I, I don't know the right term. He just had to be taken special care of. He, you know, had, had the right clothes on and, and we couldn't touch him because, you know, you don't want to get these kids sick, obviously, but he, we posed with them and it was just like, we're making a difference. We're making a freaking difference in helping kids. And we're also making parents happy. And when I had some friends tell me that they're like at a funeral in costume for this, for some, for a kid, because it was his last wish. It's just like, it's, you can't get more powerful than that. No. And this is what I want to do. And I want to, I want to help people. I want to help kids. I'm a friggin' teacher. I educate children, but, and I know I have an impact on their lives on a daily basis. And so hopefully for the better, <laughs> I noticed certain kids I've pissed off over time. I've got graffiti on my board to say, or graffiti on my portable to say that, but it's just like <laughs> the bet. My favorite one is it's not a kilt. It's a skirt, Mr. Williams. And I'm like, Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. So, but I, this is what I want to do. And so when I had my first troop in, I think it was March uh, in Victoria and I, it's, it's on the show. It's uh, I did a three, three episode uh, show on my first troop. Oops, sorry. And it was, it was powerful. It brought me to tears. And I just remember saying that I don't do it to relive my childhood. I do it so kids can live theirs. And this is started by Alvin Johnson because of the tragedy that he had to go through and the love of a franchise. And it's just like, you, you gotta love a guy who you gotta love and have respect for a guy who does that. And so before the show started today, it was, this is really cool. This is where the cool part comes in before the show started today. And you had just run me up and we're talking, we're chatting before I start, I realized that he was on my list and I'm like, I still have a, I, I still have a challenge coin. I I've nearly sold all this. I, I've, I've nearly made, um, I think I, at my last count about $320 for the BC children's hospital foundation selling these outer rim rookie coins. I'm nearly done. And I wanted to, I realized I have one, I have one I bought from, I have a whole bunch I bought for myself. I'm not keeping these. I have to buy them. So I want to give one to Albin because to tell him that, uh, what he does is important. And what he does has had a major ripple butterfly effect to everybody else around the world. And so I wanted to give him a coin to say thank you. And so I just said, hey, Mr. Johnson, um, just to summarize, I, I, this is what I do. This is who I am. Thank you for everything you've done. I want to give you this coin. How do I get it to you? And just before the show started, he wrote me back. And it's just like, I know to many people, he's probably just a regular guy. It's just Albin who does whatever job he does and stuff. But to us 501st guys, he's the reason we do this. He's the, the reason we're able to do this, to have this connection with Lucas. Lucas allows us to dress like stormtroopers. He allow you know, it's just, it's, it's, it can be a touchy subject for some people of why we dress like stormtroopers and the money put in and are we being a corporate shill and all that BS that people will have with anything that happens in the world. But Lucas understood the importance that we do. And it's all because of Albin. Albin made Lucas aware of this. He he made uh, Vader, uh, Prouse, aware of this. And he was able to connect with Prouse and spread the word to the point where now Timothy Zahn, I believe, is writing. He, he, he puts the 501st in a book. And all of a sudden you see 501st in the movie. And all of a sudden you see Kate, uh, R2KT in The Force uh, Awakens. Force Awakens as well as Clone, uh, Clone Wars, right? She is a member of the 501st, uh, there's a 501st, um, what we call mission with all those droids. 
it was a great little, great fun little episode. And she's a 501st member at that point. I mean, they know, they know the importance of this group. And so Alvin Johnson texted me back and says, he says, I'm glad, I'm not going to read all of it because it is a private letter. But the one thing I want to say is that he says, I'm glad the Legion has proven a good home for you. Protect, protect that. Too often people get into spats with others. And before you know it, they think the Legion has gone sour or something. And it's just like, I know if for our Legion that this, we love what we do. Every person in that group does it for a kid. They don't do it for attention. You don't do it for, I'm in the stormtrooper costume, respect me. No, they do it for, they do it to help a kid. They do it to help an adult. They do it to help somebody. And so that's what's important to me. And um, so I'm going to be saying this to Albin. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, this is important for me. And you have to have respect for, for, for a guy who, who helps kids. Absolutely. Sorry. That's, that's, I, I talked a lot. That's my rant. Well, not really a rant, but that's my, that's my spiel. I, I'm emotional talking about it because this is an emotional thing for me. And I even put on my coin, like the, that saying about, we don't do it to relive our childhood. And many people, many people outside the friggin' 501st, the, the, the quote unquote normal people, who don't understand Star Wars and wonder why we keep dressing up and thinking we're just man children or women children or whatever. They don't understand the the work that we do and the effect that it has. But this has a major effect on people. It does influence people. And who are they to we who are they to to take down somebody that is doing good for others? It's just they just don't understand. They're they're ignorant. And um it's a small, petty person who would who would go to that level. Small mind. And it goes back to that thing we talked about earlier, maturity. They don't have the maturity to understand that the world outside is bigger than any of us. And we need to help. We need to help others Absolutely. as best we can. So, and Alvin Johnson does that. So there you go. Wow, that's a, that, that is a killer story to end on, man. That's That was, yeah. that was powerful stuff. Thank you, Alvin, for because uh, I, I I said that I'm on the show and I, I purposely name drop because I hope Alvin does Alvin does listen to this and I would love to have Alvin on my show just to talk to him for just 15 20 minutes just to talk about the it it must be it must be tough or not tough but it must be heavy to think that when you started this it was just an internet thing grab a bunch of uh, trooper nerds together and just try to be recognized it, you know there's there's um God damn it. Here I am forgetting names again. C-3PO. Anthony Daniels. Anthony. I'm an idiot. Anthony Tony, Daniels. Tony, as I like to call him, because we're on a first name basis. Yeah, first name basis. Yeah, he's yeah, he's like that with everybody. But Anthony Daniels. They're trying to get Anthony Daniels' attention and and try to, just trying to get recognized. They're trying to get, you know, you know, Prowse's attention. And all of a sudden, you got Lucas's attention. And all of a sudden, you've got, like, Timothy Zahn. All of a sudden, you've got the world's attention. The entire world now knows about the 501st Legion. And that is, I don't know if that's a responsibility or if that's heavy on Albin. I'm very curious to see how he feels about being the guy, one of the guys, to spark this little rebellion. Because I've heard of people, like, we've been turned down the past as a 501st troop because we are stormtroopers. That is proper, that's, that's, you're the bad guys, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, how are you bad guys and still helping others? Well, we are hashtag bad guys doing good. <laughs> the f- most fun I have in costume is getting beaten up, is getting, uh, having our Jawa steal my stuff, is having the kids pew pew me or just like tell me I'm a bad guy or my favorite is going to that blaster trooper booth and getting shot up with nerf darts for six solid hours. I love it. I friggin' love it. And it's just, it's the best thing to get shot up. My son paid money to shoot me in a blasted trooper. And he, he, they gave him <laughs> Did this he know it was test. you? Oh, yeah. He knew it was me. He, <laughs> he even got he even got my my ex-wife's boyfriend's kid to shoot me up. So, so I've got this kid who I, who's, who's my ex-wife's uh I guess kid in a way, and it's and 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 my son are both got this rapid fire machine gun blaster, firing away at these little bullets, and they're stinging on the soft parts, and it's just like, hey, daddy, he's spending his own money shooting me up, and it's just like, it's so much fun, 
and all the money goes to charity. And I'll do it for six hours or do it for 10 hours if I have to. It's the most fun I can ever have is getting shot up. And it's just if so, you want to see how much fun it is being a five first member, check out the Outer Rim, Outer Rim Rookie Show. You'll see what we do, and there's more stuff to come. And I'm not doing this to shill. I'm doing it so you can be educated and you can understand the fun that goes in and the pride that we have doing this. That's what I want you to watch the show, not because to to just because I want to get known. I want I want the five first to get known. I want this cause to get known. Yeah, for sure. It it must be beyond gratifying to know that you you are making a difference especially when you the amount of hours i've i've seen your videos and, and i've seen that the uh, the passion that goes into building a like a, a suit of armor and the frustration that goes with it and the expense oh. and the time it's nuts and to have it all pay off uh, to see like kids who are suffering just for just for a couple hours or whatever it is smiling uh, yeah it, it, it kind of makes it makes it all worth it it totally does. It's it's the most it's the most rewarding. My first trip was the most rewarding moment of my life uh, since my son was born, and that is not with a hyperbole. That is not an exaggeration. I left Victoria, my hometown, in tears of joy because I was just so happy that three years of work, three years of frustration, of stuff that was connected to the armor and stuff that was beyond the armor that prevented me from doing the armor three years of just blood sweat and tears literal and i'm using the word right literal blood sweat and tears were put into this thing and friends who were there to help me out and determination and it was just it was all done because of this and it was just like it's made a huge impact in my life it has taken me down some very expensive rabbit holes like the <laughs> coin collecting is becoming like I, it's what's I, if I had a gift playing, it'd be of Dave Chappelle right now. And you know, the gift I'm talking about, if it was just like, it's, it is like crack to me right now. And it's, um, and the costume, the costumes, there's, you can't have just one. You need to have so many others. And again, it goes back to how can you afford it? Poverty. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, it's not, I'm not, I shouldn't put myself in the poverty section, but man, I don't have a lot of money. Yeah, I would yeah, you're, you're, Well, it's like Chappelle going back to Chappelle. It's you're, you're not poor. You're broke. Ah, <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I, I'm not poor. I'm broke. Exactly. And I would love to grab that Rees costume and that's for $1,600 American. I can't, I just can't. It, it's, I would be the Powerball. It's in my hands tomorrow. I'll have it shipped by UPS in White my hands. Glove service. I'll wear it to school on Monday. All right. <laughs> so, but other than, and I'll probably pass out after, after an hour because that doesn't breathe the same, but it's just, it's a, it's, it brings a lot of rabbit holes of spending, but man, it's just, the group are, are a lot of fun. The people are a lot of fun. They all have the same purpose. Let's help kids. Absolutely. No, nothing better than that. Yeah. And a great place to end this episode yes. of Worthy Recognition. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Rob. Thank you so much. From Generation X Wing, from the uh, Outer Rim Rookie podcast and video. Can you, is it a video cast or is it just YouTube channel? Uh, the YouTube video cast. I, I just call it my YouTube channel. The Outer Rim Rookie is mostly uh, videos on how to. If you want to build a scout trooper, it's how to. If you want to know what we do, uh, now that my scout trooper costume is built, um, there isn't much else to do. I like. I know there's a lot to do with my my tr uh, costume to take it in and all that sort of stuff. Terry wants to do an episode on weathering. I kind of like it nice and, and shiny, but um, as, as the clone troopers would say, it's a, a shiny. But um, we, I do the odd pod, audio podcast with it, but I've kind of like, I've kind of, I, there are Outer Rim Rookie uh, audio podcasts out there. There's only about five or six, but the videos are the ones that are, have the most information because it's very visual stuff. But uh, there might be the odd one or two audios coming out in the future. But uh, yeah, so that's what it is. This is a YouTube show and podcast. So Check it out, everybody. Go check out yeah. Rob at, of course, Generation X Wing Podcast and yeah. the Outer Rim Rookie on YouTube. Rob, yes. man, thank you so much for for what you guys do over at Gen X and Outer but, Rim and for the Star yeah. Wars Commonwealth and all that stuff. Uh, it's been a you. pleasure talking to you once again. Oh, I love talking to you. I, and again, I love not hosting. This is so much fun. <laughs> Let's do this tomorrow, shall we? You can stay up till 12 again. Sure, why not? <laughs> Rob, thanks a lot, man. We'll talk to you again Bye. soon. Bye.